0: Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby lead weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hello, and welcome back. Today on the podcast, I am talking all about picky Opportunities, as I call them. And I am so excited to dive into that and what that means, what the heck word I just made up means, and kind of what to do about it. But first, I want to read a written review. You guys know this means so much to me when you take a second, scroll all the way down and write out a written review. And so of course, I want to read them here on my show and say thank you to all of you who are listening. And if you don't know already, not only does writing a written view keep me going to continue to create this podcast for you, but also, and maybe even more importantly, it helps other moms and dads just like you find this podcast, and that is truly what we wanna do, right? Spread this information far and wide so everyone gets the help that they need. So this podcast review comes from Maria Allen. What's up? She gave five stars. She said, fabulous. I love the advice shared here for helping children learn to eat and helping let go of our own food issues. I love this, Maria, because I think you picked up on something that I don't know everyone else does. I am here not only to help you with picky eating, but it goes deeper than that. I really, really, really want to help you raise adventurous, independent eaters that don't have major food issues that feel crushing, like a lot of us were raised around or have ourselves or have had to struggle through. So, uh, if you're interested more in that and learning how to let go of your food issues in, on a deeper level, that is what the Mama Well Podcast is there for. I co-host it with another dietitian. She's my bestie. It's so much fun to chat and bring on guests and all the things. So make sure you're subscribed over there because it's a whole heck of a lot of fun. And uh, we help moms specifically with their nutrition and relationship with food. And it's just a good time. So, all right, let's get back to the word I made up. Or rather, phrase, I guess, picky (laughs) opportunities. What does this mean? These are essentially picky opportunities, opportunities that come up in the face of our kids as they're growing and maturing and developing that cause an opportunity for pickiness to get worse. Recently, if you came to my free class, I chatted a little bit about this and some of the picky opportunities that come up. And I didn't use that phrasing, but since then I've developed it and I'm very proud of it, Uh, trademarked TBD, but I'm pretty sure no one's gonna fight me for it. (laughs) However, that being said, there are these moments in our kid's life. Like, think about it like that. What's that poem, Robert Frost? Oh gosh, I need to look that up and make sure I'm right. All right, you guys, thanks for waiting for me. I know to you it was like half a second, but I had to go make sure that I was correct because it would have been embarrassing for this homeschool mom who is in charge of schooling another human to not know who said these words. (laughs) But it was in fact Robert Frost, so I'm feeling a lot better. The two roads diverged in a yellow wood, right? So we can imagine kind of this instance of a picky opportunity popping up in front of us, and it's two roads diverge in a wood, right? We can go right and we can make picky eating worse and last longer and kind of like mm, give in to their demands or give in to what's happening, the circumstances and have it shake us up and um, make decisions we wouldn't otherwise when we're level-headed and clear-headed and like have enough sleep and coffee and food, right? And picky eating can get worse and last longer, or we can choose the lo- road less traveled, right? Sticking with the no pressure, trying to keep a clear and level head even when our toddlers or kids are melting down around us. And here's the thing is that what creates that picky opportunity? or that divergent road, there's a few different things that happen to nearly all children that can have the potential, I'm really loving these P words today, but can really have the potential to cause picky eating or to make it worse or exacerbate it, right? And so I want to chat about a few of these. I'm not going to cover all of them because it's not only is it nearly impossible because every kid is so uniquely different, but this is also something that I deep dive into inside Table Talk. So for those of you who don't know, Table Talk is my picky eating program. It is an eight-week guided-by-me program to help you truly kick picky eating to the curb, to arm yourself with all of the strategies and methods that you need in order to pick and choose and use the right method and strategy for each situation. But it also just arms you um, and makes you feel more confident with how you're handling things at the table, kind of the trajectory you want to go on and makes you feel way more confident and also helps give you the tools and the strategies to use low pressure or no pressure um, encouragement to get your kids to eat more and different and more adventurous foods. So that being said, that is something I cover in depth is kind of these reasons why picky eating happens because sometimes when we know the root cause, it's easier to treat, quote unquote, right? Like it's not all going to be butterflies and rainbows, but I think you get my drift. So today we're going to talk about a few of these picky opportunities and what we can do about them. So the first one I want to talk about is teething. So teething creates a perfect picky opportunity. <laughs> and the reason for that is is they're having a negative experience in their mouth. Truly, like the place where food goes to be eaten in their mouth, they're having these like negative feelings around their mouth. And maybe sometimes it's even exacerbated or made worse when they're eating certain foods, especially things like citrus or, you know, really, really crunchy foods, or maybe crunchy is what they need. It, it totally changes depending on kid and where they're at at the teething process, but getting teeth or teething can cause significant inflammation in their gums and in their mouth. And it can make it really tender and really difficult to eat and they may not enjoy it. And us as parents, a lot of times we don't even know our kids are teething. I know that's crazy to think about, but it's true. A lot of times we, like some of the signs and symptoms that doctors have given us or um, we've heard from friends or friends of friends of what teething looks like doesn't always line up with what's happening with our kid. So our kid could be in the teething stages or in the like pre-teething stages, essentially, like the few days before teething hits. And all of a sudden they can just like stop eating. And what that does to us as a parent is it sends us into panic mode. Oh my gosh, this is the pickiness that everyone's been talking about. Pickiness has hit our home. What are we going to do? Like all of a sudden we start throwing everything we can at it, right? We bribe, we beg, we plead, we tell them yesterday they love that food. We put it in their mouth and just remind them that they really, really like it. We eat it in front of them. We make a big deal about it. Maybe we even throw guilt trips their way or whatever might be happening because we're super scared that they just stopped eating. So a lot of times it's actually because of teething. So again, we're forced with this picky opportunity that just popped up. And at this point, if we give in to that pressure mindset, if we go down that route, we could potentially be helping them um, really dig their heels in to pickiness. And so teething is kind of an opportunity that arises with all kids that could potentially cause picky eating to kind of rear its ugly head and sometimes it leads into true picky eating because kids get really um, scared or hurt by certain foods certain textures certain flavors certain consistencies all those things in teething and then it takes a while to build back up that trust or sometimes it's just a season that will pass as soon as that teeth or that teeth <laughs> that tooth erupts. Um, And it's something that we kind of have to ride out. But instead, as parents are like panic sets in and we're worried about them and we don't know their teething. So we don't see a reason for them not to eat. And then we tend to like grab at all the things maybe we learned as kids (laughs) that were taught to us, like you have to finish your plate or whatnot, um, or just take one more bite and kind of like reach for these easy wins, which usually include pressure it's really hard to write it out, right? <laughs> like it's really hard just to look and be like, well, hope this passes. Shucks, you know, <laughs> it doesn't feel very actionable. So teething is certainly one of those like picky opportunities that come up. Another one is a um, phenomenon, I guess you would call it called neophobia. So neophobia is really a fear of new But specifically in this context, a fear of new foods. So um, in this situation, typically this happens to toddlers around 18 months, sometimes earlier, sometimes later. And what I think a lot of people fail to mention or talk about um, is that this is actually a good thing oh, I'm so grateful that you can't throw something at me right now. But it's so true. This can actually be a very good thing to happen to our kids. And in fact, this fear that sets in um, or weariness is actually designed uh, to keep them safe. (laughs) I know, but it really truly um, was wired into us to keep us Um, surviving. And what I mean by that is typically around that 18 months of age, little toddlers can actually toddle around and toddle away from mom and dad. And back in the day, when maybe helicopter parenting wasn't a thing or couldn't be a thing, um, kids could put things in their mouth that weren't safe, whether it was poisonous, whether it was a choking hazard, whether it was brand new to them and mom maybe didn't see what went in their mouth. And so um, it's actually a blessing in disguise. I know, I hope you haven't turned off the podcast by now. But it is a very normal phase of development. And this is something that I call a picky opportunity because in this moment, the same kind of cycle might happen. We step into the sphere where we see that their interest in food has dipped. They decided that they no longer like that food. They won't put it in their mouth. And now here's the thing to keep in mind. Toddlers, specifically 18 months, have only been around food for maybe a year, right? And so it's not only new food that they're afraid of, but, you know, uh, unfamiliar food, food they haven't seen in a while, the same food prepared in a new way, it's all very new to them. And like, they aren't necessarily able to make those connections in their brain quite yet of like, oh, this is an avocado. I usually have it smushed up, but this is a slice. And those are the same things. Like they can't necessarily do that. So it's just important to remember that a neophobia might affect them, even though they have seen that food before, which I know can be extremely frustrating, but is very, um, uh, very true of things that gonna happen. So just something interesting to kind of keep in mind. So this is something that happens to most kids on some degree or some level. So again, we're kind of stuck or presented with this picky opportunity. And what do we do with it? Right? Like instead of going down the route of fear and anxiousness and, and, Um, really concern of they're not going to eat enough, they're afraid of foods, they're really picky all of a sudden, instead of doing that, we take a few deep breaths and we know that this is for their good and for our good. And how can we encourage them to eat while still being sensitive to that fear? So one really great tip in these moments, if you suspect this is what's happening with your little one, is to sit down and eat with them. Having the child see that you're eating that food too can dispel a lot of that fear. I kind of explain it this way. If you are afraid of trying a new product, maybe it's a new medicine or a new skincare product, or I don't know, even a new food, right? Not even afraid, but just skeptical, weary, right? When you see a friend use it, you're a little bit more likely to try it. If they recommend it to you, you're like, okay, now I'm on board, right? Because someone who we trust trusts it. So how can we do that at the dinner table? How can we show them that they trust us and we trust broccoli? <laughs> I know it sounds really silly, but it's very, very true. So that's a really good tip there as well. The last kind of picky opportunity I want to talk about today is simply growth. So what this means is typically around one year of age, we may see that intake decreases. So, I want to explain this a little bit because some parents might be saying things like, No, 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 my baby doesn't eat anything. I don't know what you're talking about. I can hardly get them to eat solids. And another parent be like, Oh my gosh, yes, they can eat me under the table. My toddler, like, or Taby, or whatever you want to call it, like my one year old, can like eat me under the table. And now it's slowing down. What's going on? So, I kind of want to talk to all parents here and let you know that it's likely all normal. Talk with your pediatrician if you're. concerned about it. Of course, that's what Table Talk is here to design to do is to help um, get you through these moments and teach you the tools you need to know to know if they're getting enough, what that looks like for your child specifically, and how to encourage them to eat enough at each eating experience. That being said, what happens is around a year old, their growth actually slows down. So the first year of life, babies typically double or triple in size So from the day that they're born, whether they're breastfed or um, formula fed, they double or triple in size. So their growth patterns are really strong, right? They're growing a lot. That growth, although still pretty fast in childhood, slows down at about a year, which typically means that we see an intake difference. Their intake dips. Now, for some kids, that means that their solid food intake might dip. I remember specifically right around 14 months with my son, he was eating us under the table at a pizza restaurant, like would not stop eating little chunks of pizza and fruit. And I forget what else was on the table, but everything. And it was me and my husband and my parents. And we were all like, kid. Are you kidding? We're all looking at each other like, should we cut him off? What should we do? We're, we've been done eating for like 30 minutes. He's still eating. <laughs> so I remember those moments, and then his intake slowly declined. If you came to my uh, free class, you know this story. <laughs> but essentially, that could be true for your kid. It could also be true that you're starting the transition from breast milk or formula to whole milk, and their intake of solid foods hasn't been necessarily like. Stellar. Like you would never describe it as them eating you under the table, but that's okay too. It's very normal up until about a year. They're getting majority of their nutrition from formula or breast milk. So, that being said, their intake might decrease around a year of age, but it might look different because maybe they were getting more nutrition from liquid food. So, I hope that kind of clears things up there. But again, this decrease in intake, whether it's from liquids or solids or both, can again. Present a picky opportunity where we think, oh my gosh, I know that pickiness usually happens around two years of age, but here's my little one and their intake has dipped. Why does my baby eat more than my toddler? Why did my once like cannot stop eating baby turn into this toddler? Are they picky? And again, we step into that same cycle. So these are what I call picky pup- opportunities. <laughs> and I hope that this kind of maybe got you to see certain situations in different lights and coming at it from a different angle of knowing that these opportunities do arise. And it's what we do with them that really can help stay the course or help set them on the trajectory of minimal picky eating. We cannot avoid picky eating altogether, nor is it ever where I recommend you set your expectations. But that being said, there are things that are within our control, and one of them is not um not looking at one of these picky opportunities and realizing that it is a stage and this is for a season and this too shall pass. Now that being said, I know it's very hard to stay calm and our kids are eating like what looks like Practically nothing. So, I am going to give you a few tips, and these are kind of like good starting places for picky eating, or even in these cases where intake declines. Because at the end of the day, whether or not the intention behind them not eating is pickiness or one of these picky opportunities, it doesn't matter. The outcome is the same, right? They're not eating. So, what do we do in those moments? First and foremost, we want to make sure that we are following the division of responsibility. If you have not listened to that episode here on the podcast, you can scroll back and it's one of my very first episodes. You can learn more about how to do that at the table. Tip number two is to sit with them and eat. Just like I said, during the picky opportunity of neophobia, it is so helpful when our kids not only see us eating a food so that they can trust it but also know how to eat it. Like, oh, that's what you do. You take bites, you chew it, you move it around your mouth, you swallow it. They are learning so much just by watching us. And the third tip is to not let these picky opportunities change much of what we're doing. So we still want to offer ample opportunities throughout the day to eat. So between four and six different opportunities after the age of one where they're presented with food and it's still up to them of whether or not they eat it but it's still presented they're still at the table with food in front of them whether or not they eat it is up to them but having that consistency of a meal and snack schedule or routine or rhythm whichever one you kind of fall into that category is so helpful all right. I hope this episode was helpful. Again, if you haven't already scroll down to the bottom and leave me a written review, I would absolutely love it as would the families who then find the podcast because of you. I appreciate it. It's free. It takes two minutes and uh, thank you so much for those of you who have already left reviews. I also have a little giveaway coming soon. So if you write a written review, you're going to be pre-entered just automatically by leaving me a written review. So you'll be one step ahead of that. And if you're interested in uh, learning more and truly understanding these steps, steps, steps and the process and learning my framework for reversing or preventing picky eating, you can do that by clicking below and enrolling in Table Talk. So I will leave that link down in the description box and I will see you next week.